Duffel bags from Jesse Brown's are great for people packing up to go somewhere, but also for those that are staying close to home. How's that? Sizes from 40, 55, 70, and 100 liters from makers like Patagonia are all on hand at Jesse Brown's. Check us out at jessebrowns.com for that duffel, the black hole duffel, whether it be going on an airplane or being a modern-day footlocker for students, campers, and dorm rooms. Pick a size and color, all at jessebrowns.com. Hot weather, cold weather at Jesse Brown's. The outdoors is always in fashion. Same here on the Carolina Outdoors. I'm your host, Bill Barty. We're glad that you have joined in, whether you're listening to us via the airwaves of WBT early on a Saturday morning as we blast up and down the eastern seaboard, or maybe you're joining us via podcast wherever you subscribe and listen to podcasts, as well as over at jessebrowns.com. You can access this program, the Carolina Outdoors, this segment, and any other segment is listed right there for your listening pleasure. Well, speaking of always being in fashion, the cold weather is here. And while that means that many get around the fireplace, huddling up around a warm place where the blankets are, there's still a lot of people that continue to get outdoors. Hunters, hikers, and yes, even campers are still being uh, outside during these cold weather months. And there's several reasons that cold weather camping is desirable. We're going to talk a little bit about some of those. And we're going to also talk about how you can be comfortable in a cold weather camping or hiking situation. Not only comfortable, but also safe. And with that being said, we're going to bring on from Jesse Brown's Alex Flowers. He's going to join us because he's been getting outside during the cold weather times. And he has plans to get out there more. Alex, welcome to the Carolina Outdoors. Thank you, Bill. Lovely to be on the show. Man, it's fantastic to have you. But let me go back to what I said and see if you can help me fill in some of the blanks here. Um, The reasons that cold weather camping is desirable. Help me fill fill these out. I know one, Alex. I'm going to say one because... Many times we are out there camping or hiking for a view or being in a nice place. The summer haze sometimes limits visibility. You can't see as far or as crisply um, in the summer as you can this time of year in the winter. So I'm going to put that one on my board right there. Cold weather hiking and camping is desirable because you can see the scenery a little bit better without the summer haze. What else can you help me with? I like to say that my favorite thing about camping in the cold is that there's less crowds. Uh, you don't have to fight for elbow room on the trail or in the campsite when it's colder outside. Um, and that's one thing I always look forward to after we get to the colder months. I'll go with that. Less crowds. Um, one of the barriers for people being outdoors, no matter what the season, are wildlife and including in wildlife we're not just talking about bears and coyotes and and uh, uh things like that we're also talking about uh, snakes and bugs and there are definitely uh fewer uh less snake activity and there are almost no bugs during the cold weather time and i guess along with you saying less crowds 
Uh, you almost have the woods and the mountains to yourself no matter where you go. You also don't sweat and perspire as much, as much. We're always emitting perspiration, our bodies are. And Alex, we can talk a little bit about the, that, but there's less sweat and per, perspiration. So you can be, uh, you can be comfortable um, without dripping of sweat. And with that being said, Alex, we want our people to be comfortable and we want them to be safe out there. So you've been on some recent trips and it got cold. You went up to the Grayson Highlands, Mount Rogers area. Grayson Highlands is a state park in Southwest Virginia. Mount Rogers is the highest peak in Virginia. It's probably the closest place to Charlotte, to the Appalachian Trail. And Alex, on one of the coldest weekends, uh, you made the journey up there for some winter hiking and winter camping. Tell us how you managed that, how you prepared your clothing, your dress uh, for a successful and, again, comfortable hike during the wintertime. Yes, sir. Well, I've actually been to Grayson Islands twice on two of the coldest weekends earlier this year. Um, and that wasn't on purpose, but one of the things we did to prepare <laughs> for both of those weekends was make sure we had enough base layers. Um, that's something I, can, I can't stress enough how important a base layer and layering in general is uh, when you're backpacking and camping in cold weather. A couple of the nights we were out there was below freezing um, in early November and late October, and that is relatively uncommon, especially for the Charlotte area. So it's something you have to consider doubly when you're checking the weather before a trip, but making sure you have a proper base layer top and bottom is one thing you can do that will really make a difference on these trips. Now, over at Jesse Brown's, probably one of the most popular base layers in the industry and at Jesse Brown's is Capilene from Patagonia. We have it on the shelf. Alex, base layer, it gets that name, that title, because it is your base layer. That's the first thing you put on next to your skin. I have on my list of notes to talk to you about is dressing in layers. So I assume that is layer number one because of its ability to insulate you but also wick moisture away. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And that's perfect. Perfect way to describe it. It is that first layer closest to your skin. And typically it's going to be in a long sleeve, long pant fashion. Uh, they do make shorter sleeve base layers and in the short style. But in this time of year, you're going to want to go for the full package, get the long sleeve layer. And then the next layer you're going to want to put on is what we call an insulating layer. And that's typically something like a fleece, you know, a light jacket, um, <clears throat> or maybe even a heavier pant for your bottom half. And that'll help create an air pocket between the base layer that's on your skin and that outer layer that uh, traps warm air and keeps you warmer and warmer as the day goes on. Hey, Alex. Well... Why are we dressing in layers? I should ask you that, too. Uh, instead of just putting on a big, heavy coat and, and being out, out there, why do we put these multiple pieces on? Um, I guess the last piece we would put on is a, a rain shell, lightweight, uh, something to protect us from the wind, but also precipitation. Uh, why are we doing this? Absolutely. Uh, well, one of the main reasons that I always like to say is it gives you great control over your body temperature and the situation, right? Uh -huh. If you wear one heavy coat, then you're pretty much all or nothing with your warmth and comfortability. If I wear three different layers, you know, if it gets a little bit warmer, I can take a layer off and adjust more uh, exactly towards the outside temperature and whatever activity I'm doing. If I go for a run, you know, I might need to drop a layer, but I don't need to drop all my layers. Um, so that's a major advantage you get of wearing multiple layers rather than one heavy layer. 
All right. I have to ask you about sleeping out there. And at Jesse Brown's, we have sleeping bags. And I guess really they go from um, the North Face's zero-degree Snow Leopard. We have it zero-degree. It's a little bit heavier than the 20-degree Cat's Meow, one of the most iconically famous sleeping bags, three-season sleeping bags in the industry. Um, But we have to sleep in the tent at night. At night is when it gets its coldest, usually. Um, Give us some of the tricks of the trade that you kind of put into play so that uh, you are comfortable in your sleeping bag. And or do you have to go buy uh, an entirely different bag for winter camping? Or can you uh, make your bag work in a different situation? So that's a great question. Um, Now, having two bags for summer and winter camping can be an option for many people, but it can be cumbersome to store two bags. And what I would rather suggest is a couple of tricks to improve your bag for a four-season year. Um, One thing you can do, you can always do, is purchase a sleeping bag liner, and that'll add a couple of degrees to your sleeping bag's rating and make that a little bit more comfortable. But one trick that I learned from my father way back in the day was to put a bottle of hot water with you in your sleeping bag on a cold night. Now, one thing I have to stress is if you're going to do this, you really want to do it with a plastic water bottle. Do not use a metal water bottle. Mm. But if you put a, a warm bottle of water in your sleeping bag with you, you would be amazed how warm that will keep you all night long. You will be sweating in the bag. Um, and that can really make the difference, you know, between a comfortable night and a miserable night on the trail, depending on the outside weather. And it will save you an extra trip uh, bringing another sleeping bag. Yeah, I should circle back because I was saying, like, we don't perspire in winter. We do perspire in winter, and oftentimes that's what helps make us get cold, dangerously cold. And we love cotton at Jesse Brown's, just not for this topic. We, uh, The one thing about cotton in this setting is it retains the moisture a little bit longer. Uh, and, and, Alex, the, the layering pieces that we were talking about, they are non-cotton. They're either a performance polyester or we have some magical uh, natural fibers like uh, wool, merino wool clothing that helps wick. But back to the sleeping bag and the quilt, I will add, or or not quilt, but the sleeping bag and uh, water bottle is another thing, two things that I can say that help keep us not only comfortable but safe is a warm meal before you get in the bed um, for the evening. Um, But also, this is very important, a uh, mattress. A a mattress that kind of keeps you off the ground and insulating. Um, And I assume, I know you had to have an air mattress, Alex, on your trip up into southwest Virginia, the highest point uh, in Virginia. But the earth will pull your heat out of you essentially when you're sleeping directly on the ground yes absolutely that's a great point um this is something that is probably the most important piece of your sleeping system i would say is your sleeping pad um and to your credit uh having one will protect you from so much of the earth's uh you know cooling powers during the night i will say i do not personally use an inflatable air mattress i use a thermarest, um mm-hmm. <clears throat> which is just a how do I say, a cushioning pad uh, that I don't have to inflate. I can just fold it up at the end of the night. And that's what I prefer to use for its uh, ease of use and access. And I can I can unfold it and unfold it back up very quickly. However, if you do, if you are very concerned and you're having a very cold night ahead of you, getting an insulated air mattress 
um, that you can pack down into your pack is a fantastic option and will keep you very, very warm compared to sleeping on the ground or even with a mattress like I use. If you're just joining us, the voice you hear right there, Alex Flowers from Jesse Brown's Outfitting People for the Outdoors, whether the weather is nice and warm or whether it is severely cold and we're going into the cold time. And Alex has been out there. He has not been left behind just because it's cold and he has other cold weather trips planned. So we're talking a little bit about preparation. The big word I was looking for, Alex, was closed cell foam. Uh, Your setup is proper because it continues to insulate. What you're using can't be punctured either, so there's no chance of a closed-cell foam thermarest mattress um, going flat because it's not filled with air. So kudos to that choice. Um, I'm a clumsy person, and so that's why I've never been able to keep track of an an inflating pad because I've popped many of them (laughs) in my past. Uh, Alex, I want to ask you this because, uh, as I was talking about uh, sweating and perspiration, the cold weather time, um, one of the things, whether you're on a hiking trip, it's just a camping trip, uh, either way, we want you to be comfortable, we want you to be safe. Uh, another trick of the trade is is if you can share a tent, uh, uh, the smaller, the uh, especially if you're pushing the levels of a trip into cold weather, we want you to be safe. I, have, I can't say that enough. I mentioned eating a good meal, having a closed cell foam mattress or air pad, Uh, You mentioned the water bottles with the proper sleeping bag. The next thing that you can always make sure that you do is to share a tent because two bodies in one tent are really like uh, uh, both bodies emit uh, emit heat and help keep one another uh, warmer in a cold weather situation. Uh, But, Alex, I have to bring this up, too. Um, And we talked about this offline but eating properly, but also drinking properly is something that we don't think about but is very important in the winter. Can you talk a little bit about that, fueling ourselves? Absolutely. So just like you were saying with the uh, perspiration, is still something that happens in the wintertime. It's something a lot of people overlook when they're cold weather camping is how much water they're losing during the day and how much water they're intaking during the day. So you got to keep up with the same hydration levels that you would on a hot summer day Uh, continuing to drink water often and plentifully, uh, even in cold weather camping trips. It's very important to keep your body running smoothly and keep you awake and alert, especially when it's cold outside. Hey, Alex, do you have a favorite place to go when it's cold? And and what's your next adventure uh, for our Carolina outdoor listeners out there? One of my favorite places to go is the Linville Gorge when it's cold outside. Because of the Linville Gorge's natural geography, it's much colder at the bottom of the gorge than it is near the top. Um, and so if you're looking for a very cold weather camp out, um, even in a relatively mild month of the year, the Linville Gorge is a great place to start. It's also very beautiful. My next trip, though, for me is going to be to Julian Price State Recreation Area um, with my scout troop. Uh, that will be an easier one, I do think. Let me ask you this, not to put you on the spot. Is the state park, I guess Julian Price stays open year-round? 
yes, but that's not true for every park in the state, and that's a great thing you mentioned. Um, one a common one that people have frustration with is Mount Mitchell State Park, which can occasionally be closed and without proper preparation and planning uh, could ruin your weekend. But Julian Price is open year-round, but we will be uh, car camping. Ah, yeah, doing it in style. Alex Flowers from Jesse Browns, thank you for jumping on the Carolina Outdoors and sharing your experience, but also sharing your wisdom so that we can have a safe and comfortable winter camping or winter hiking trip this year. Thank you, Bill. Lovely to be on the show. Fantastic to have you. Off he goes, Alex Flowers. Hey, everybody, I'm Bill Barty. I'm going to take a quick break as well and be back on the other side. You're listening to the Carolina Outdoors.